And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 338. We're coming at you. As always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois, my name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And yeah, it's uh, the Fimblevinter here in Chicago, folks. Yeah, Um, that's not as bad as it was yesterday. I I know this has made the national and international news, uh, how cold it is in Chicago, where we've had wind chills down to negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit. That's uh, in centigrade. That's really freaking cold. Uh, I know most of y'all are... are, uh, in, in Celsius centigrade territory, but here it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's so much so that you're warned not to go outside with unprotected skin uh, showing because you could get frostbite instantly if you're out in the wind, and it's been a windy couple of days. Now, today, not so bad as yesterday. Now, the worst part about it, of course, is that I had to go to work both days, and that meant that I had to get a lift to work because it was, uh, yeah, just a bit too cold to be out and about walking my mile each way to the train like I usually do. But today, not quite as bad, about the same, but not quite as bad. And I've heard that in the next couple of days, it's actually going to be warming up to a more normal temperature for uh, this time of year. So we'll get into the 30s and 40s uh, at, at the highs. Hopefully, we'll get rid of some of the snow. Uh, we haven't had a lot of snow in the last couple of days just because of the, the cold. It's been too cold to snow, but not the most pleasant weather to be out and about in. So anyway, uh, enough about the weather because that's kind of boring. So anyway, we do have an issue of Thor to cover, so let's move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge And this week we are looking at Thor Volume 2 at number 38. Cover price is $2.25. Cover art is by Barry Windsor Smith. Very colorful cover here of Thor. Kind of in a, he almost looks like a reclining position, but I, I think he's supposed to be flying or something. And there's a sort of rainbow emanation coming from his hammer it's a very very gay pride very uh, rainbow uh, effect coming out of his hammer it's a beautiful beautiful cover yeah you remember i was just talking last uh, episode about barry windsor smith and the blood effects that uh, they were using uh, when uh, jim starlin was was doing his uh, you know take on the character but yeah this is this is the real thing and it's uh, actually probably one of my favorite Thor covers ever. It's a really, really nice cover. Date of publication of this is August of 2001. All right, so we open up to uh, the story. It's a small fishing village on the coast of Norway, and there are a a young couple here in a yellow Volkswagen, and they are um, arriving into this town, and they're seeing that uh, uh, the town has been largely destroyed, and uh, the uh, woman is saying... uh, I am so excited, Dietrich. I have not seen Mama and Papa since our wedding. 
Those houses, Elsa. Something, something awful has happened here. Such destruction. It must have been a storm. Or an earthquake. But where is everyone? It's as though the entire town is deserted. And she's uh, getting all upset and she's crying. And, and she's, he's like, do not cry, my sweet. I promise we shall find them. I know your parents. No storm is capable of besting them. What? What if it wasn't a storm, Dietrich? Whatever do you mean? What if it was something worse? Something... Look, Dietrich! Look! No, he says. And we don't see what they're looking at because we are in Asgard. We have shifted scenes and we have uh, Odin and he's sitting on his throne and he's got his uh, fancy horn helmet thing and he's looking all very garish and I like that they've continued this tradition here of Odin having these very brightly primary colored clothes and they're very garish indeed and we have a full page spread here and Odin is there and the Watcher is also here now the Watcher looking very different than he did last issue and this is of course because we have a different artist on the book we'll talk about that momentarily we have the Watcher looking very large-headed uh, sort of uh, character, much like he was in his earlier appearances. So, yeah, it's, it's funny how sometimes the Watchers have these enormous heads, and that's kind of how I prefer to see them. And sometimes they're more, more humanly proportioned, and, and you know how I am with that. Anyway, um, we have a caption here. Beyond man's measure of time and space, beyond his ability to reach and comprehend, lies a place of everlasting wonder. Asgard, the realm eternal, where golden spires soar beyond the heavens, symbolizing the spirits and achievements of the gods who dwell within. For the eternal realm's imperious leader, Odin, this is a day of heavy hearts and sadness. Tragedy looms, and Odin, of course, is looking very upset, and he says, "'Tis death, Watcher. Its ebony shadow doth envelop mine heart, and it seems not might stop its coming.'" You are aware of the tragedy lying beyond the horizon of tomorrow, Odin, a tragedy dwarfing the one you now watch on Earth. I, I am aware. The certainty of the future is an animal ne'er tamed. But Odin is no slave to visions which might ne'er come to pass. All must choose their own paths to walk, omnipotent one. Speak not to me in riddles, Watcher. Tis answers I crave. Assurances that whatever course I take, the results shall be acceptable. And we see that they're watching a cosmic voyeuroscope type thing. I believe that the Watcher is projecting this because I think that's what happened last issue. And we see the Destroyer all spiky and metally and, and looming over Thor with the hammer in his hand. We see that Thor's arm has been injured. Uh, doesn't look broken here, but, you know, hey, um, just from this angle, doesn't. And uh, Thor looks like he's laying there unconscious. Answers are not mine to give, says the Watcher. I am but a Watcher, a chronicler of history. Thou art much more. Thou art much, much more, observer. Thy very appearance is ominous indeed. Though thou sayest it not, "'Tis the death of Thor which would please thee most. And we open to the splash page where we have the title of the story, Cometh the Storm. And we have the credits. Dan Jurgens is the writer. Stuart Immonen is the penciler. Scott Koblish was the inker. Avalon Studios' Dave Kemp did the coloring. Richard Starkings and Comicraft's Oscar Gongora did the lettering. 
Mark Sumarak was the assistant editor, Tom Brevoort was the editor, Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief, and Bill Hamas is the president. Uh, that's a new name, isn't it? All right, anyway, so we are back on Earth, and we have Thor uh, on the ground, much as we saw in the Cosmic Voyeur scope. Sif is laying down behind on the ground, uh, unconscious, and the destroyer is uh, kind of getting ready to smash Thor with his own hammer. And there are people standing around, and you know, we kind of showed them running away, but they look like they're kind of pressing forward to see what's going on. There's a wrecked car, a beautifully drawn uh, street scene. We'll talk about the art at the end, of course. And we have the captions, a volcano's eruption, a hurricane's destructive assault, the wrenching devastation of an earthquake. Many are the events of nature considered unstoppable. Born by the fires of Odin's own power, the destroyers every bit as unrelenting as those forces of nature. A tireless behemoth whose quest for destruction knows no limit. No matter who or how many might die in the process. And one of those bystanders says, uh, Holy cow, not only did that, that thing clock Thor, but he grabbed his hammer. And uh, exposition person number two says, But I thought no one, no one could lift it but Thor himself. And we uh, see the destroyer with uh, his hand glowing and uh, he's got it over his head like he's going to blast Thor. But we have thoughts coming from inside the uh, destroyer's helmet that, uh, that they belie what's going on with the destroyer's body. Forgive me, Odin, son. Forgive me. Would that I can stop fighting, but tis impossible. The power of this armor's destructive force cannot be denied, even when inhabited by the noble spirit of the designate even when inhabited by Tyrene. And there's a scrow as a energy blast is uh, incinerating Thor, blasting Thor. And we see Thor laying on the ground, just kind of smoking, and the destroyer going stalking off. And she's thinking, Though my every move appalls me, though I fight the compulsion to kill with every ounce of energy I have, this armor's thirst for blood is undeniable. And the destroyer is going around now blasting at the people, all the bystanders that are watching. And there's another scrow, the sort of greenish energy that's being blasted out. And um, there's a guy in a hoodie and he's uh, shouting, If Thor can't stop that maniac, no one can. Run, says a woman. And the destroyer is going around destroying stuff. And we see um, events going on here uh, while Thor is laying there damaged. And um, yeah, it says few are aware of the true nature of Thor's existence. They realize he calls himself a god, but many doubt his claims of divinity, feeling they conflict with other beliefs. But they do recognize the power Thor wields by way of his enchanted mallet, Mjolnir. How surprised they might be to learn the god of thunder has a mortal self as well one which emerges whenever the hammer is out of his possession for more than 60 seconds. And we have um, Thor gradually changing back, and uh, the caption continues, Normally a liability and conflict, it is this mortal identity which saves him now, though it would seem unlikely a mortal man might succeed where the son of Odin did not. And uh, he has changed back to Jake Olsen, and uh, surprisingly, he's not all burned up and, and bloody like he was last time we saw him. Uh, he's saying, uh, oh man, this can't go on. Have to do something. And he's kind of following along after the destroyer. The destroyer's going around uh, throwing cars and 
Uh, they're passing a Burger Man restaurant. Uh, that's exciting. Jake is, is following along and hope, you know, trying, I guess he's not even trying to dodge. He's just kind of following along behind him. And he's thinking, the destroyer must be stopped, but without harm befalling Tareen. As the designate, she was destined to usher all life to the next level of evolution, as we can't stop talking about. Her life must be spared above all others. Yet tis her power which makes the destroyer even stronger. And then Jake shouts, Tareen, concentrate. Focus your will on curbing the destroyer's quest for... Ugh. And uh, Jake is whapped by the destroyer, and he goes crashing through a window with a giant crash. And uh, we cut sort of to uh, a building uh, looking down on the battle, and we have a voice. Nay, yon carnage must end. If no others will halt it, then I shall. And it is the Enchantress, as we have seen in the last few issues. And we shift scenes again, and we are back in Asgard watching the Cosmic Fourier Scope with Odin and the Watcher. Confined to his mortal shell, the Prince of Asgard hath no chance of defeating the Destroyer. Intervention is required ere he is forever condemned to Hela's cold realm. Yet you take no measure to intervene, says the Watcher. Even you fear the consequences of Thor's survival. Fear? Fear? The potential coming of the smothering darkness doth give me pause to think, to ponder its everlasting effects, as well as mine own end. Still, Thor is the Odin son, heir to all that is golden. Even though his survival might usher in times most dire indeed, mark my words well, watcher. The son of Odin shall not be left wanting. And we shift to a cave where we have the evil Loki and we have Carnilla, queen of the Norns, and the motionless but upright body of uh, Tareen, the designate. And they are watching the scene uh, through their own cosmic voyeuroscope sort of thing, uh, watching what's going on between the Watcher and Odin. Carnilla saying, how strange, Loki. In light of their recent conflicts, I believed Odin would ignore Thor's plight. Nair, Carnilla, though I am most curious about this strange future to which Odin and the Watcher refer. If Odin intervenes, Thor shall surely emerge victorious, and my beloved Balder will ne'er glean Odin's sole favor. We placed Tyrene's life force in the Destroyer. I'll not surrender the game now. And we see what's going on in Odin's uh, palace, and uh, Odin is saying, uh, Stand back, Watcher, lest the vortex which takes me to Earth ensnare thee as well. And it looks like he's getting ready to transport himself to Earth using his uh, scepter, very phallic-looking uh, scepter, and it's kind of got these gray-blue bubbles forming around the head of his, uh, his cock, basically. Um, yeah, um, that's, that's exciting. And we're back with uh, Loki and, and Carnella here. Thou art wrong, trickster. Soon Odin shall stop the destroyer. Mayhap not, Carnella. Even Odin can do little if he arrives too late. And uh, Odin is flying towards, towards Earth through his uh, vortex, but there's uh, something weird in the middle of his vortex, and uh, Odin's like, In mere instance shall I stand upon Midgardian soil. Eh? Something materializes before me. It's this giant bugfish, insect-looking thing 
with these tentacles and uh, big fairy wings. Uh, very interesting looking, very unlike other creatures that we've seen in the book before. But anyway, it's the um, it's a, some sort of monster, and Odin tells us what kind of monster it is. By the stifling stench of Ulek, tis a Utafiosk, to arms, beast. Know thee well that Odin shall brook no delay. And we have um, the destroyer back on Earth, and he's blasting stuff, and we hear a voice. Thine armor requires another's life force to animate thee, destroyer of worlds. I wonder who... And she touches the destroyer and uh, she's, Amazing! Could it be the designate I sense? Thou wouldst ne'er commit thyself to such destruction. Reveal thy secrets to the enchantress destroyer. Who else hath touched thee? And she finds out and says, Of course, Carnilla, and he whom despises my beloved more than any other, Loki. Were I not in an astral form, no doubt I too would suffer thy wrath. Mayhap I can use the designate's aura within her to lead me to her physical body ere it's too late. And a voice comes from uh, above, and uh, it's a red car, which is uh, lunging towards uh, the destroyer. Not that that is going to do any good, but uh, it turns out it's Jake Olson, and he's driving this car at the destroyer. And he's saying, uh, This is it, destroyer. My best shot. If this doesn't work, nothing will. And uh, he's, he's got fuzzy dice, and the, the fuzzy dice are snake eyes, which I think is a nice little bit piece of uh, foreboding here. Um, he jumps out of the uh, the car and says, Now! And the car goes bram into the destroyer. Yeah, this it's, is actually a rather silly move, and we'll talk about that maybe at the end. Um, and we the destroyer is not even really staggered by the car smashing into the back of it. And uh, the destroyer's thinking, Much as I hope success would be thine, Thunder God, thine attack stops me not. And we uh, shift scenes, and we are back in uh, the hiding place here of uh, Loki and Carnilla, and the astral form of the Enchantress is there, and uh, she's looking at uh, Thor girl's body, just kind of standing in the corner, and uh, she says, Yon physical form, that of the designate, I sense... A similarity with Thor, as though his form and power were used as a magical springboard. Her hammer pulses with an aura not unlike Mjolnir's. Come, Mallet, mayhap thou art the key to victory. And uh, she uses her magic to disappear the uh, designate's hammer. And we shift scenes, we're back on Earth, and the destroyer is about to smash Jake Olsen with the door of his car. Uh, anyway, and Jake is saying, uh, uh-oh. Didn't think it would work, but I had to do something. And then he gets uh, branged with the car door, and it smacks him pretty hard on the back, knocks him down, and is um, laying on the ground and stunned, at least. And we have um, a voice coming from behind the destroyer. Lower not thy visor, destroyer. Thy foe shan't die this day, not as long as Sif doth live and breathe. And Sif has jumped up onto the destroyer and grabbed him from behind. Um, there's energy pouring out of the destroyer's visor, but uh, nothing really much is going on with that. And uh, we cut to Jake Olson, who's laying on the ground, and uh, Jake is going, Sif, she won't last two minutes against him, and I can barely move. And all of a sudden, the hammer of Tareen appears in front of Jake Olson, 
And the voice says, Might this be be of help, beloved? And Jake looks up and says, Tareen? And of course, it's it's the enchantress and she's standing in front of him and uh, she's saying, I, beloved, she who is forever dedicated to thy well-being, she who shall deliver thee from the precipice of death, strike the ground with thy doppelganger's mallet, assume thy rightful form as Thor, god of thunder. Jake is looking at uh, the fight going on and Sif is not doing well here in the fight. She's getting clocked in the head with Mjolnir and Jake is saying, don't know if it'll work, but I'm out of options. Here goes nothing. And he bangs the hammer on the ground and nothing happens. And he says, and nothing is exactly what I got. Maybe if I concentrate more, eh? And he looks up and uh, there is Odin uh, standing there and he's holding a severed tentacle thing in one hand and he's pointing his uh, very phallic-looking uh, scepter at Thor with the other. And uh, looking very angry, uh, Odin says, Though pattern on thy hammer, Tyrene's weapon is not Mjolnir, my son, and so is incapable of easing thy plight. Only he who welds the Odin force can call forth thy Asgardian self. Arise, the god of thunder. So commands the omnipotent. So commands Odin. Yeah, so we have a voice coming from uh, beyond as we see the Destroyer getting ready to smash Sif once and for all. And the voice comes out, Tarine, one day thou shalt become a life form dwarfing us all, ushering in a new age of splendor. I realize these acts of mayhem are not of thine own design. Still thou art the force behind this destruction. And it must end. And it is Thor, and he's striding out of the uh, this cloud of green Kirby Crackle, uh, carrying Tyrene's hammer. It says, I'll do whatever I can to prevent harm from befalling thee. But above all else, the Destroyer must fall. Injured though I am, tis not compared to the grief which envelops my heart, for thou art the designate, and thine actions are an affront to all who believe in thine ultimate supremacy. Let the armor of ruination drive thee to acts unspeakable no more. Have at thee, Tareen. And he leaps forward and he's got Tareen's hammer. And it looks kind of too small for him. But, you know, that's because he's a lot bigger than Tareen. And he is smashing the destroyer in the head with it. And uh, goes, cram! And he says, let the madness end by the bristling beard of Odin. I was aware thou didst pattern thine Asgardian self upon me. But I still do I marvel at the power contained in thy hammer. Tis near the equal of Mjolnir itself. And um, there's a giant energy flowing out of the hammer with a chacked. It, it's enough to stagger the destroyer back. And Amora is saying uh, to Odin, Thou hast aided thy son thus far, exalted one. Why not assist him further? He is the Odin son, Enchantress. Son to all Asgard and the glory beyond. To truly deserve such honor, victory is his, and his alone to earn. And we have this big battle going on between uh, the Destroyer and Thor. Lots of energy pouring out. Uh, everything is all yellow and gold and red and Kirby crackly. And it says the, uh, in the captions, As raw energy surges wildly, causing foundations to crumble and the streets to buckle. Seismologists all over the world record the event wondering if a Manhattan earthquake is truly possible. Sadly, the epic struggle will go unrecorded by the media, 
as no camera, no pair of mortal eyes can withstand the intensity of the forces unleashed before them. But those who dwell on a higher plane are not so limited. They watched, transfixed by the titanic struggle before them, awed by the courage and heroism displayed by a god already acknowledged to surpass any other in those regards. As seconds pass into minutes, even they are shocked when the armored behemoth seems ever so slightly to tremble. Stand thee down, destroyer, says Thor, and we see uh, um, shots of Amora and Sif. They're watching what's going on and are uh, truly impressed by what's going on. As always, thou art as formidable an adversary as might be imagined. Even though the life force which animates thee cannot halt thine actions, still does Tarine hold back power enough for me to wrest mighty Mjolnir from thy grasp, that I might vanquish thee at last. And Thor manages to wrestle his hammer away from the uh, destroyer, <laughs> and he is whole once again, and he is getting ready to smash the destroyer once and for all. And he is stopped by Odin, of all people. And Odin is uh, doing some kind of a magic spell sort of thing. And um, he just uh, shouts, Enough! The good battle hath been fought and won. As this creature exists by my own creation, thus do I cast away the life force within, that it might return to its rightful body anon. And he puts his hands on the, the uh, destroyer armor, and the life force is cast out. Um... And yeah, and we shift back to the um, cave where Loki and Carno are watching what's going on, and they're a little bit surprised here. <laughs> says, uh, Carnola says, uh, What manner of bedevilment? Loki, the vision vanishes. Such a thing can only mean the destroyer moves no more, Carnilla. And a voice from behind says, Aye, that which comes next is thy punishment, mischievous ones. And it's Tareen, and she is not happy. And uh, we shift back to Earth, and we have Thor and Odin and Sif standing around on the street. People are kind of moving forward now that the fight is over, trying to figure out what's going on. And there's all wrecked cars and stuff everywhere. And there's some guy wearing a bike helmet. He's saying, uh, whoa, who's the big dude with the grizzly beard? And there's a cop there, and he's saying, kind of looks like Santa Claus, ready for war, if you ask me. And uh, the three uh, gods are, are talking amongst themselves. Father, I thought thee so displeased with my actions that I was ne'er again to receive thy benevolence. Didst thou truly believe so, Thor? Art thou not aware that as prince I must mold thee into a pillar of strength and character no other can match? Such character can only be achieved by braving the most desperate of situations. Still, in thy darkest hour, Know thee well that I shall ever be at thy side, for uh, for thou art my son. And we uh, shift to the Watcher in Asgard, and he is not happy. Thus does the future, the tragedy beyond the horizon, become unavoidable. And we shift scenes, and we are back in Norway. And there's a big hole in the ground, and uh, there's a bunch of people surrounding it, and it looks like they're on fire. And, um, yeah, they, it looks like they are on fire. And they're all shouting, no, 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 no. And all of a sudden, no! And Sert comes bursting forth out of the ground, and he's all fiery and burning everything up. And he looks really angry, and he's like, Tremble, mortals, bend thy knees in worship and fear, 
for searcher walks thy plane once more. Next, Ignition. And that is Thor Volume 2, number 38. We'll be talking all about this issue right after this message. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. Toys. Star Wars. Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by two true freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. And thank you, Mr. Hendricks. We are back. And of course, we have a few things to say about this issue. And as always, uh, a few comments about uh, the story. So, okay, this Deus Ex Machina ending... Not my favorite type of Thor story ending. We've had this a few times in the past. It's a Lee Kirby staple. Um, you know, we, we've had Odin coming in just when everything is lost. Odin is a lot like the cavalry. You know, he's, he's always going to come in if he can. And that's why I thought it was smart for uh, Odin to be gone for a while. That was something that, that came up when you know, Odin defeated Surt uh, back in the Simonson run. And then he was basically out of the series for a few years. And that actually made it better, you know, because you knew that Odin couldn't come in at the last second and save everybody. You know, the, the, the heroes had to work a little bit harder, uh, get that stuff done. Um, so, like I said, not thrilled with the Deus Ex Machina ending, though can't say I'm too surprised. You know, the, the, the designate is a character that is obviously, they've set her up to be, you know, this is the ultimate and it just, it annoys me a little bit that they just can't stop talking about how great she is and how wonderful she is and how important she is. And they kind of underline everything, every issue with, oh, well, yeah, we can't do anything to the designate because she's so, so important. And that made the the trick of ending the story a little bit, yeah, I don't know, more maybe more palatable, but at the same time, couldn't they have figured something else out? I, I really don't know. Um, Jurgens, obviously, he's a good writer. He knows how to write a story. We know this from from years of watching his career, you know, both both at Marvel and DC, um, and knowing that that he can put stories together. Uh, it's it's not uh, there's not a need to be so lazy as as he appears to be here. Um, Searcher story coming up, uh, interesting. We'll we'll see if we cover it or not. I'm not sure. Uh, if, if we're going to cover that right now or if we're going to wait, we'll decide between this episode and the next episode. I will say a lot of very, very kind things about the artwork. Stuart Eminen's art is always a delight. I like Stuart Eminen's art. I liked him in the 90s on the Legion of Superheroes. That was the first place I encountered Eminen. Uh, he later did some work on Superman, I believe, with Dan Jurgens writing the book. Uh, so this is not the first time that the two of them have worked as a pair. And in between those 90s issues and now, he's only gotten better. 
Uh, you know, he's a great comic artist. I, I really like his stuff. Maybe one day I'll actually own one of his pages. I'd, I'd, I'd like to own one of his uh, pieces of original art. I guess we'll see if that can come to pass. But um, yeah, uh, artwork in general, really, really good. He does kind of straddle this line with Odin of making him a little bit too Santa-like. Um, but he manages to avoid it. I, I think that a lot of other artists would um, failed at this. Eminem is one of these uh, you know, new school artists of that, of that era. And I'd say of that era being in the, uh, um, you know, the late 1990s, early 2000s, that is very good about doing uh, real facial uh, facial expressions and making people look realistic, but not too realistic. Does a really nice job all through the book. All the characters are on model. I don't like the the new, I guess the new design of the Enchantress's little headpiece because it reminds me too much of Snowbird from Alpha Flight. It's like they forgot what hers looks like and they've kind of gone and gotten Snowbirds and used that one instead. So, yeah, I mean, it's not exactly Snowbirds, but it's pretty damn close. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing I like about, about Eminem is he knows how to draw things. He knows how to draw a car. I mean, you have this uh, scene of, of Jake Olson running a car into the Destroyer, and you, you, we see the car kind of zooming over the camera, as it were, and, and at uh, the Destroyer's back. And we can see the undercarriage of the car, and it looks like the undercarriage of a car. I mean, it, it, he obviously you know, had some kind of a you know, photo reference or something he's using, but he knows how to draw things and knows how to make them look realistic. And I like the fact that uh, you know, he, he has that ability. Now, one thing that I didn't get, and I, I was going to mention this earlier, so we have Jake Olson running a car into the Destroyer. Now, keep in mind that the, that the Destroyer has been, uh, you know, been battered by Thor over the last couple of issues, and if Thor can't dent the Destroyer, how is somebody running into him with a car? <laughs> you know, obviously Thor's a lot stronger than a car. The other thing that I, that I noticed that um, is actually a little bit more of a problem, um, and, and if you can come up with a no-prize explanation of this, I'd like to hear it, um, is that uh, we have about, you know, probably two or three second uh, time between the time that the car leaves the ground because it's kind of like jumping the car and the, the time it, that it hits the destroyer. Uh, between the first panel and second panel uh, on the page, uh, page uh, 14, the car flips upside down and there's not enough time for that to happen. A, momentum would not allow for it. The, the car would not do that. It wouldn't flip over instantaneously and run into the destroyer from behind you know upside down so all i can say is that it, to me it looks like an error but the artwork is good enough that you don't really care i guess um so yeah uh, if you could come up with a good no prize explanation from this uh, i don't know um, i like the fact that uh, jake olson can be smashed by car doors can be thrown through windows uh having had these horrible horrible burns and he's still able to go one-on-one -on -one with the Destroyer for about three panels. Yeah, not quite believable. I mean, I get the, the idea that while he is uh, not Jake Olsen, uh, you know, the magic of, of Odin or whatever has healed him. But I don't think people in general, if they've just been thrown through a plate glass window 
and would be able to get up again, much less get up from being smashed by the destroyer with a car door. Um, so I get it, but at the same time, it's kind of silly too. Some beautiful shots here in the book. These, uh, the shot of Amora bringing the, uh, the hammer of Tarine to, uh, to Jake Olson. Uh, we have a half-page uh, spread here, basically, of, of the Enchantress standing there, and she looks really good. Um, like I said, I have some issues with the new design, but but you know you can't can't deny the, uh, the whenever they do uh, a close-up shot or a half-page shot of these as guardians, Eminem makes them look really good. This uh, image we have here on uh, page 17 with Odin making his appearance and pointing his dick at, at everybody, and he has this big old uh, tentacle in his hand from the monster that he fought. Uh, it's like, oh, why did he bring that to Earth? Eh, I don't know, but I guess he did. <laughs> I guess it reminds us of where we left him. And then we we also have some equally good images of Thor. Uh, you know, we have a you know when uh, Odin first changes him back to Thor, we've got a, a really good angry Thor. Uh, coming coming towards the camera on page 18. Then on page 19 and 20, we've got this double page with with uh, Thor uh, basically taking up the top half of this double page spread, which is also really, really good. Uh, Stuart Eminem's a hell of an artist, and I really like his stuff. Uh, he, he actually, I think, is a really good action artist and that he doesn't exaggerate the anatomy as much as some people does, but he makes it work. The, the images really work exactly as he draws them, and, and he doesn't try to be too stylized. Um, even if he's not a photorealistic artist, that's fine. He also deals really well with light and shadow. The, the fight with the uh, Destroyer and Thor, where we've got these uh, lightning bolts, energy bolts kind of flying around and all this Kirby crackle. We see them mainly, it's almost like a chiaroscuro of the shadow... And we're, the characters, the figures are being defined by the shadow and we don't really see them in, in the light uh, as opposed to the reaction shots that we have of Carnilla and Sif where they are defined by the light and not the shadow. I think that's a really good way to, in black and white, portray the, the glow that's coming from between them. And I, I think that that's the kind of thing that uh, Stuart Eminem is really good at. I, I, I really like his uh, work. Like I said, he's, he's always been uh, an artist of mine that's been one of my favorites. And I, uh, he is going to be on the book for at least a few issues. So, um, yeah, we can get used to uh, me giving praise of, of, of Stuart Eminem. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. And that's about all I have to say. Once again, folks... Thanks very much for listening to the show. We really do appreciate it. If you want to email us, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over there, and you will find us. With that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. 
If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.